Yes, Lord Jesus, there is a war, and you know all about it. So I pray that you'd encourage the warriors today, your sons and daughters, strengthen us, the remnant, the people who have been called out of darkness into your marvelous light, that we will not be afraid, that we'll not turn to the right or to the left, we'll keep our eyes upon you as you keep your eye upon us, Lord, that you'd lead us in the way of truth. Jesus, you said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Father, we ask for that freedom. We need that freedom. We need for the enemy to be cleared out the minefields, the obstructions, uh, the ambushments upon our path, Lord God, that you clear the way for us, for your people, for your the revelation and the move of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, you said that we will not grow weary in due, well, in due season we will reap if we do not faint. You said uh, the way of the Lord is strength for the upright. So we ask for strengthening today for the people of God, and we ask you to give us w- wisdom now to speak as the oracles of God. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth. And again, we... Uh, call for the divine covering of the Most High and the promises of God that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. Bring your people out of darkness, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, isn't it wild and crazy out there? It, it seems like the a, Lord must be moving oh, or something. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of uh, the, the, the battles are intensifying. But well, and Jesus the interest in God and the, the revelation war. of the yeah of the revelation of liberty and freedom and truth and hope and possibility and actually the revelation of Jesus Christ is bringing people out of bondage out of darkness oh, that's almost re- kind of shockingly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's really the key is, is, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Or some are some are waking up and some are just going to sleep and some are trying to stay yeah. asleep. Maybe, yeah. but, right, right. But it is a moving. I can feel the spirit of God moving, and I'm sure where you are too, you will be able to start to feel this. Whether it's in your well, own soul, there people are being dis- disturbed in their souls to reach out, stand up, take hold of. The promises of God, because it seems like, well, I keep thinking of this verse uh, that Jesus said, God said, word says that my people will be volunteers or willing in the day of my power. And I, it's, I, it sounds like the power of God must be moving, rumbling somewhere because people are getting much more ready to volunteer, to stand up, to show up, to take a hold of the well, things of God. Yeah, there, there, there's some of that. And then there's some that are just departing the other way. So there's a, there's a great a divide, separation. Yeah. There's a divide yeah. going on right now. Well, it's crazy because even the weather the, is just in, in a spiritual battle. I mean, like yesterday we had this rain situation going on and uh, it looked like not much on the radar. I mean, it looked like it was mostly past us already on the radar. And I just went outside and the rumbling, it was just like rumbling, rumbling. And I thought, yeah, the angels are just really warring up mm-hmm. there. And, um, and then, of course, we didn't get a whole lot of rain. Thank you, Jesus, because I said I don't want any more rain. And then the people in town got six inches of rain. So when I heard that, I wasn't so mad about the fact that yeah. I got seven-tenths yeah. of an inch of rain. But <laughs> Well, the, the battle... The, well, the battle is the Lord's, yeah. Yeah, the battle is in the every Lord's, arena, and yeah. we're facing it, and there's an intensification. Those that are separating, those that are of the remnant that are of the righteous are yeah. being separated, too. Yes. Because God is getting stuff out of us and getting stuff into us. Yeah. Getting the wrong stuff out, moving getting quickly. the right stuff in. He's moving quickly. It's intensifying. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be in and out. Um, 
it's it's basically in and out black and white this is this is how god Stand. is working right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. To, there's a separation the darkness is getting darker right and and, and for the most more part obvious. what is known of as the church is is asleep and is just yeah. is deteriorating yeah. decaying at a rate that is staggering well, yeah. but out of that the mm-hmm. true church mm-hmm. We're not, when we're talking about the church, the we're ashes, talking basically. about the true people. Sometimes we refer to the church as the general, denominational, corrupt religious system yeah. that we have. But when we're talking about the true church, we're talking about those that are truly born again, mm-hmm. that know their God, and that have been set free and are being set free yeah. by the power of Jesus Christ, and and wanting to just, no matter what the cost, to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And serve it with joy, and the, no matter whether people, Confidence. whether we're welcomed yeah. or not, whether we're received or not. Courage. We, you mm-hmm. know, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we, we will, will serve, serve the, the Lord. Lord. He, said, you can, mm-hmm. he said to the people of Israel, you can do what you want to do, but what I've made, I have decided. I'm, to follow I'm, Jesus. I'm going to follow to the fo- Lord. Yeah. So we've decided to go into Mark 14 again here today. And, and these guys are at that decision point right here at this critical point in Mark 14. Um, where they're, you know, having what we call the Last Supper. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's Mark uh, 22. Uh, 14, 22. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So there's all this drama going on. In a critical, critical moment. This is buried within this drama is an absolute pivot point, a critical moment where Jesus is finally doing what we've been promised since Genesis. He is going to restore our covenant with God, our peace with God. Oh, he's bringing in a, a new he's, covenant. He's bringing yeah. in a new covenant. So you got the drama of here. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. So you got Judas that is agreed the divide. with, yep. with yep. the religious the crisis leaders point, right? to, with the chief priests, mm-hmm. the chief religious leaders, leaders, the ones that are supposed to be the most godly and spiritual. You think they had been so they, excited. They cut a deal mm-hmm. with a traitor to kill Jesus. Well, and it's interesting that, that they all thought they represented the church system, the religious system of the day. And, and Judas, I'm sure, thought that he was going to do God a service. And this was a good thing. At least that's what his mind had thought for a moment, long enough to, for him to do the deal. And maybe after that, he felt really bad. And obviously later well, he on, he did. really did he, feel he bit, really bad. Right, right, but... You know, but the thing is, here's the dividing point. We have the dividing point in the in, in this upper room. We have, as we talked about last week, the people who were um, saying, "Who is it? Who is it?" And Jesus is somebody who's going to betray me. The one I, I, you know, dip this piece of bread and give it to, and he handed it to Judas. And it, it, some that conversation, I think, was kind of a private conversation. I don't think everybody heard it. I think it was a whispered conversation between John and Jesus. And maybe Peter was in on it too, but so the rest of them were kind of confused about what's going on. Why did Judas leave? You know, was he given a job? Was he supposed to get some more food? Whatever, da da da, give something to the poor. So that was, but the, the but it's what we're talking about today. The same exact parallel that you're at this crisis moment, the Last Supper, just previous to just just before he's going to die on the cross, and he's going to do a new cup. Co- this is my blood of the new covenant. So this 
symbolic supper was Jesus showing them, demonstrating, and giving them a table of remembrance in the process, too, of the, you know, every time you eat this bread and, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come, or remember the Lord's death. So they were like, okay, sitting up in a place where they didn't even know what was really going on, but Jesus was doing something very spiritually powerful and uh, critical. We have to see that this is a transition. Now, the Passover mm-hmm. was a commemoration, just just mm-hmm. simply. An Old you Testament. read about it in Exodus An chapter twelve, yep. Exodus twenty four. There, well, the Passover was you know on the night before before the Exodus. nation of Israel mm-hmm. left Egypt after being in bondage for four hundred and thirty years. There as not the whole time, but most of the time they were there as, as slaves, slaves mm-hmm. of Egypt. Uh, and so he said, okay, tonight, finally, after Moses had come to Pharaoh oh, and all these, times. what, ten plagues came. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and finally he said, okay, now here's the deal. You're going to get out, but what you need to do is you find a lamb that's perfect mm-hmm. and a, a male lamb and sacrifice it, and you take the blood of the lamb Mm-hmm. And you put the blood on the top of the door, mm-hmm. the and then the side of the, the sides of the door in your houses, and stay the, the, in your house. Stay in your house because the death, death angel is going to come by tonight, mm-hmm. and when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. And then you—that's called people, Passover. While they were, yeah, that's why they call it Passover. So, and, and then and they were to eat the lamb right in the house, standing up. Eat the lamb standing up, ready to go. Be ready to go. And they took off, and their bread, the bread that they had, didn't even have a chance to raise. So so the the bread dough, they went out of there fast. And basically, the blood of the lamb Mm -hmm. was was the 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 sacrifice, the atonement, the Mm -hmm. one, the protection that that brought the uh, initiated really the freedom. Of, of the nation of Israel. And as long as that covenant was in place, that Old, Old Testament covenant of the blood, shedding of the lambs, uh, the tabernacle, the, the ordinances that were given at, uh, with the Ten Commandments, they were in that place of obedience and protection. And, and yet this, these lambs being shed, the lives being of the lambs over and over, year after year by the priests and the very specific ways that had to be mm-hmm. done, uh, was tedious and exhausting and uh, dreary because it never was done enough. It was an, it was always a, it was always just a kind of a placeholder, until this very moment when Jesus comes to say, "Here I am, the Lamb of God. I am going to yes. die. I will mm-hmm. be that Lamb. I'm actually going to be that Lamb. My blood is going to be shed, and once my blood is shed, there's going to be a new covenant, and that doesn't and you don't have to do it anymore. I am it. I am the culmination of all of that shedding of blood. Yeah, the fulfillment, and it's once for all. Mm-hmm. Well, if you read the book of Hebrews, and I encourage everybody listening to read into the book of Hebrews and to see how Jesus fulfilled the the Old Testament types and shadows. In other words, these he completed were, them. The, yeah, the, all the the um, precursors to Jesus coming uh-huh. were given in symbolic ways mm-hmm. all through the mm-hmm. the Old Testament tabernacle, the tent of meeting, the the worship. Uh, Everything system. they did, even the, the colors, worship system, were all to point to Jesus. All, all pointed to the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. So, uh, so if the, they knew their Old Testament scriptures, they would know and recognize that this was the Lamb of God. However, many of them were not 
they were blinded to that, right. including his own disciples here, because what's happening, I don't think they get what's happening. They think here, they're going into this. This is another Passover meal. It's a little early. We are doing it on Thursday night instead of Friday mm-hmm. or the Passover day, because they were permitted to do that if they had an emergency or couldn't do it on the next day. Uh, and so therefore, Jesus knew the next day he'd be busy. Yeah, He'd well, be dying on the cross, and so he couldn't be showing up for the Passover supper, so, so he did it the night a, before. In a sense, the night before, it, it was like, okay, this is this is done now. This is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. If something is fulfilled, yeah. you don't, I mean, yes, you don't need the old anymore. Right. You Because you have the fulfillment uh, right. of, of the promises it's of yeah. God. It's complete. It's come. When he, di- when he did die on the cross, he said, it is finished. finished it yeah. is completed. That's right. That's what yeah. he was talking about. Yeah. This whole, this whole long process of redemption, salvation. Because, see, the, the why they had to do it like this and why good works doesn't work to save you is goes way, way back to the Garden of Eden. And, and the blood that was shed, blood for blood, the blood of, of Abel was crying out in the ground. And you don't replace blood with a basket of, of fruit or a, a bowl of, of banana or something. It was had to be done eye for eye, tooth for tooth, blood for blood. Blood had to be shed. And yet no one was capable or, or qualified to shed their blood because they were at that moment already enslaved by Satan since the original sin or the first sin that Adam and Eve committed. It wasn't the original sin. Actually, Satan committed the original sin in heaven when he rebelled yeah, against that's, God. That's the original but, sin. But um, so they, they were able to... Um, uh, Jesus said it has to be blood. It has to be a pure sacrifice, someone who's qualified to die. That's only me because I have, I'm both human and divine and I am not um, uh, under the curse. And so he was able to, to die for them. But here he says, this is my blood of the new covenant. We are still in the new covenant. The, the new covenant is still in in force. The people, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, who will come to him, who will confess with their mouth that Jesus uh, died on the cross and believe in their heart, that, you know, confess in their, believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, died on the cross, rose from the dead, uh, and died in our place. You are then agreeing, yes, he is the sub, he's the substitute lamb for me. He's, he, I will allow him to die in my place. I will receive his salvation because um, it has to be whosoever will. He can't, it's given to everyone, but only those who accept it receive it. Yeah, the new covenant was prophesied by Jeremiah, and it, and it speaks here in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through uh, 33. Uh, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And this is with his special you know, chosen people. That covenant is there. Most that are of Israel, nationally, genetically, are the seed of Abraham, the children of Abraham, are... Uh, opposed, opposed to the new covenant. Don't believe they're still hanging on to at least parts of the old covenant. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but but this new covenant now not does not only include those among Israel for our our the genetic lineage of of Abraham. Not only those, but now it's all for the, for the Gentiles. Well, whosoever yep. shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. He says, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Okay, the, the not that covenant. covenant, yeah. Not not the, the, the Passover, Passover covenant. covenant. Yeah, 
the covenant which they broke. Mm-hmm. And so he gave them the laws, right? He gave them the Ten Commandments. and They proved and, that they couldn't many, keep them. many, many other laws for just religious practice, for Well, I don't think Jesus gave them. God didn't give them all of them. He gave them some of them, but they really amplified them and multiplied them and beca- became bureaucratic about it and right. went legalistic on it, on him. It says in verse 33, But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds mm-hmm. and write it in their hearts, mm-hmm. and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So the, it was interesting. God gave the Ten Commandments. What did he write? To, what were the Ten Commandments written on? Stones. They were written on stone. Tablets. Now he said the, the, the new covenant is not written on stones. But in our hearts. It's not outward. Mm-hmm. You know, on something hard, but it's on the fleshly table. So, of the heart. yeah, so the hardness of heart so, had to be taken away. So, he's looking at trying to, you know, trying to follow, trying, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wrong word, but that's what is trying to follow an external code of ethics. Of ethics. Rules. Okay. But then inside, they were you're kind of resisting those. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, they could oh. not make a man righteous. The law, it says where there's a law, there's transgression. And so wherever there was a law, there was yeah. going to be the breaking of the law. So wherever the law was, it actually worked against itself and brought men in as it made them transgressors. Because where there is no law, there is no transgression, the Bible says. So where there is a law, there is transgression. So the actually the law could not save anyone. And so it was actually, in a way, holding the place, defining and des- uh, describing the people of God, identifying them. But at the same time, was also making them aware that they could not keep that law. Well, there's a, there's a the war going on within us is that Jesus said at one point to people, he said, you worship me with your lips, mm-hmm. but your heart, and, and, you know, draw near with your lips and all this, but your heart is far from me. So mm-hmm. here, here's the deal. That's true. Religion is like, it's not an extra uh, curricular, an extra outward practice. Curricular activity. So if you do these th- certain things. You'll be okay. You're going to be okay Checklist. with God. And, and, and whoever your idea is about God, you're talking about, you know, Hinduism, Islam, all kinds of world religions, there's certain codes and rules that you are supposedly wanting to follow in order to connect mm-hmm. with God. But now what, Jesus, but still... It didn't work very well. The, why? Because, because the, the heart does not change. And the flesh is weak. The, the inner part of our being well, does not change. Because basically, for the most part, we're going to follow our, our heart. Well, what, you know, here's the deal. Heart? We've been trained to follow our emotions, right. our heart, our thoughts, our soul. Our soul has been corrupted. The soul mm-hmm. that sin shall die. The soul was corrupted by the body of death. And so the soul has been programmed to actually, it's, it's a, you know, if you have corrupted software and you're trying to do something uh, with that, it's not going to give you the right information. It's going to, it's full of viruses. It's full of, you know, error. And so the same, and there's going to be errors in the printout then. So you see that the thing is, it, the, it was set up doomed to fail. Jesus said this, you know, that he, we are good, made in the image of God. But what, what had happened is we've been saddled with a soul now that was corrupted with death and, and, and carnality and fear. And our body was vulnerable because it's weak. So you have your body, soul, flesh combination that is absolutely unable, totally unable to, um, to 
walk in or attain to righteousness. It's just like if I would try to stand on the earth and jump to the moon, it cannot be done. And so God, Jesus knew that. And, and so it was just a matter of time where he had already promised them he was going to bring forth the, res- the restoration, the, the solution to this. But to do this, he had to do a whole new thing. It had to come through the Spirit. And that's why he, when you are saved, you know, it says in the Bible, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man, which is in him. But God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. And so that's First Corinthians 2, 9 through 11, basically. And it says in Proverbs twenty twenty seven that the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner rooms of the heart. The old King James says the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner rooms of the heart. Mm -hmm. So every man is born with a candle. They're carrying this little candle in their pocket, so to speak. But the candle does not get lit, and it's not worth anything. It doesn't do you any good uh, to shine in the darkness unless you're saved. And then once you're saved, it gets lit. That's what it means in Ephesians chapter 2, where it says, When you were yet, while you were yet dead in sins and trespasses, he quickened you. So that quickening is the candle being lit. And then then the Holy Spirit begins to download your, your, your spirit, man, is the receptor set is activated. So now the Spirit of God can download to your spirit the things of God. And so you can walk in a new dimension. You can walk in what Jesus is talking about here. You can understand about the blood, the body, the blood, about his sacrifices, the, the atonement. And you can walk in newness of life. You can walk in the Spirit. That's why the Bible says in uh, Romans 8, 7 and 8, there is now therefore no condemnation to who? To those who who are in Christ Jesus, who what? Who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So there's two conditions here. You have to be walking in Christ Jesus. That means you're saved. That means you've accepted his sacrifice. You're not trying to work your way to heaven. You're not trying to be good to get to heaven. You're not trying to buy your way to heaven. You're not being terrified of of missing heaven. You're walking in the Spirit. You're bought and paid for. You're part of the body. You're abiding in in the vine, Jesus Christ. You're good. You're good to go. You're not perfect, but you're good. And God's got you, and he's perfecting that which concerns you. So we have that. We know that. And then we walk in the Spirit. So his Spirit begins to confirm to our spirit the truth. So we walk there and not then use the old flesh because the old flesh software is full of vulnerabilities and lies. Yeah, you talk about, you know, the contrast in Galatians chapter 5 about the works of the flesh and the, mm-hmm. and the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the thing is, Here's the deal. Can you read that? I want to read that. Now, the works of the flesh, I want to get to the fruit of the Spirit, but first let's look at the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are evident, Galatians 5.19, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, that, that sounds like our world today. That's what's going mm-hmm, on, right? Mm-hmm. That That's the prevailing... Well, that's um, a very good description of it, that's for w- sure. What's going on. And, and and the like of which I tell you beforehand, as I told you in time past, Paul writes, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is if, the, if these are the things that are dominating your life, mm-hmm. it indicates that you're really... You're disconnected. If you from have pa- passions, yeah. lusts, evil passions, and cravings in these areas, you're still needing deliverance in those areas. That's even so. So some people, you know, as believers, these are some of the things we need deliverance from. Overcoming. Yeah, yeah. and so God will forgive when we come to Christ in faith, believing in His cross and His resurrection and His blood. 
you know, those, we need these to be things cleaned are up. forgiven, yeah. but we need, it's a uh, lifelong process. cleaning process. Sanctification. There's a cleaning agent called the Holy Spirit uh, yeah, the right. word, the, along u- using the word of God mm-hmm. to, to cleanse us from these kinds of things so we can live in the fruit of, in the spirit, like you were saying, Marjorie. Living in the spirit means that, you know, when... His his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Right. But then his spirit activates our spirit. So what happens, what comes out of our life through this new covenant that mm-hmm. Jesus gave his life on the cross for is uh, are the is the fruit of the spirit. Or we could say are the fruit of the spirit. Uh, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, since there is no law. Mm-hmm. So, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. So this this is it. So, yeah, so, against such, there's no law. So no. basically, you so you can, can't be breaking the law by loving, even though some people hate you for loving. Um, and, and against this, there is no law. So this is a new law. The law is written in our hearts. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's interesting. The Bible is very clear. You say, well, I don't know what's going on inside of me. Well, if you just listen to yourself, you'll find out. If you listen to what your mouth is saying, your mouth will always tell you pretty much what's going on if you are courageous enough to take it down to the root. So the Bible says what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. So if you see your mouth or hear your mouth or hear yourself saying things that are murmuring, complaining, gossiping, bitter, unbelief, uh, unforgiveness, um, holding grudges, uh, you know, murders in your heart and you're speaking that out. You're, 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 what's happening is your heart is still full of those things, but your heart is part of your soul system. So now you can't go with those feelings and thoughts and, and, and words, because a lot of them Satan is actually putting in there to make you believe that those are your thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. so that you'll act on them. So you need to walk in the Spirit where the Holy Spirit's guiding you through the Word of God, through the counsel of God, to know, K-N-O-W, not think and feel and try and should, but to know the truth and walk in that and be okay instead of doing. You're, you're, we're failing to do a lot of things, but the problem is we don't have to worry about doing what we already are. We're, we are beings created in the image of God. So be who you are and you walk in the fullness of God and in obedience to him and in love to him, with him. And his, his spirit then will perfect that which concerns you. So many of us are trying to think, oh, I'm so far, I'm falling short. I've messed up again today. I screwed up. I, you know, I need to go back and re, uh, do, repent or this. A lot of times um, you need to stop doing what you're doing, but you can't. Mm-hmm. And so you're being controlled by something that's controlling you, and, and therefore you need deliverance. And so these spirits are very wily and very clever, and they oftentimes appear to be us, to us, the stronger man who comes to pretend to be us, knocks on the door, gives you some ideas, takes away your weapons, steals your, your goods, and, and, and binds you and lives in your house. And then you are not operating in your own life. The enemy is operating in your life, and you think it's you, and everybody else thinks it's you, and nobody pretend, nobody takes a moment to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where are you in there? This is you are being overtaken by these thoughts and words and feelings. So going back to what God does, he sets us free in the spirit. The only place we are free is in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so as you walk in the spirit, our, our minds are renewed as you read the Bible, as you be, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so it's a process. And, and so God doesn't say, okay, once you accept me, there's no more sin. You're done sinning. That's it. If you sin anymore, you're back to square one. He doesn't say that. He says, um, you're saved. 
there's there's two parts to this. There's to be saved. God buys the house, and now it's God lives in the house, and he begins to sanctify the house, clean the house, and teach us, lead us, and deliver us from the lies that provoke and promote fear and uh, these stupid ideas that we call sin. We, we choose to, to sin against him. So what we're seeing, these disciples are still pretty carnal in this last, in the, at the Last Supper. They're, um, they don't really get what's going on. They, uh, the best that they can figure out is this is a supper and it's Passover and we're going to have a lot of good food tonight and Jesus is going to be with us. And he, they didn't expect all this other stuff well, to go it's on. it's different. You know, there's no way they could have really fully anticipated this major transition. Mm-mm. What was the meaning? The new meaning he gave to everything the, 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 the Passover and basically was... Christ, our Passover, says in one of the scriptures, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So mm-hmm. Christ now is our Passover. It's not a, a, a Seder type thing. Christ is our Passover he sacrifice, is sacrifice for God. us. Mm-hmm. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. Right. You know, right. And, and of course, he was handing them, when he said, this is my body, he was handing them a piece of bread Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they could distinguish between the bread that he was handing and, and his hand. He wasn't saying, he was saying, this is a representation of like, when you eat this bread, when you consume this, you are allowing it to come in. You're giving it permission to come into your body and, and it becomes part of you. You partake of it and it begins to, uh, release unto you its ab- abilities to nourish you. And so this bread that the remembrance of this communion, this remembrance, was to cause them to remember this night, this covenant, this change, this go from old to new. Everything is so crazy new to them that they can't even get it yet. It's just like it's like when you move to a new place, a very unfamiliar location. You've never been there before, and everything is new. Everything is different. You've got to learn the streets. You've got to learn uh, the lay of the land. You've got to learn uh, the community, the language. language. You've got to learn all. And they they were just in a brand new place. They were just, and we don't blame them for being a little, little bit confused. Then he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many, which is shed for many. Um, There again, we have the, the, the wine, the grape juice, the, the fruit of the vine, which again goes back to, he is the vine. This goes back to the blood of the vine. You know, there's, blood in that grape. And, and so he, he is giving, and and of course they knew the difference between the wine and, um, blood. And he Mm -hmm. wasn't telling them they were going to be cannibals or they were going to be, um, uh, you know, eat people or eat him. But in a way, symbolically, he who doesn't eat my flesh and drink my blood can have no part of me. So in other words, it's not that he, um, were eating him. That's not our salvation. The salvation is the symbolic, uh, what he did symbolically, what he did in in real for real, but what right. we're now doing and partaking of symbolically, and to reinforce and re-agree. You know, when you agree with someone, you make a lot of agreements around lunch. Go take him out to lunch, write a business deal. You know, whatever. Here's he's taking him out to lunch, and he's writing yeah, a new business dinner. deal. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, dinner, new di- new new deal, new yeah, deal. It's a new deal, and that's what a covenant, a new covenant is. It's a new deal. Not talking about Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal from back in the 30s, but so they they they, they didn't get it, they they didn't really get it, but they did it. They they went through it. They all consumed. They all partook of it. And they all had their feet washed, as we we've seen in other gospels before, of the same. Yeah, before. So that, it was yeah. all it was all there. They did it. 
They had no idea. See, isn't that something you can do something and you don't have any idea what you did and you just did something really big and important? Like a baby that's born that just did something really big and important like being born and they have no idea what they just did. They have no idea. Everything is brand new. Everything has changed. And now they have to rediscover the world again. There's so many things happening in, in this evening. And then mm-hmm. Jesus said in, in verse 27, uh, he said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. So this is a, from a prophetic word word from, from Zechariah. From Zechariah mm-hmm. thirteen seven, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Isn't and, that scary? I mean, that's so scary. You're, you're, you're just in this great time of fellowship, just saying a song together. You've, you've, you've hurt, you know, hurt each other's hearts. You've had all these tender moments. You've, you know, oh, Jesus will never forsake you. We'll go with you to the cross. We'll even die with you if we have to. We've had Peter saying things like that already. I mean, that was, I think, previous to this. Yeah, well, John 13 is talking about, you know, Peter before, the, you know. Yeah. He, Jesus had predicted this before. Yeah. And, and uh, I, mean, I mean, really, all of this has been predicted. Yeah, exactly. The, so All this has been prophecy. This is fulfillment of prophecy. And we're, we want to make a, another statement about that a little bit later in the so, broadcast here today. But... Uh, so he was, you know, there, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. How, how, how ungodly, how crazy, how, you know, he would, when you think about God and you think about what God is doing and God's will and God's plan and, and God's moving upon the earth, everything you and I think about is pretty much backwards to the way God is going to do it. Here he is about to establish his church. And drive that nail deep into the flesh of Jesus, drive that stake of salvation into the ground through that, and Satan is going to cause a bloody riot. So when God is moving, you know, this isn't going to be a hunky-dory peaches and cream, and tomorrow we're going to wake up in the morning and everything's going to be wonderful. We're going to be all kings and, and sitting at the right hand of Jesus. No, no, no. It's like, okay, tonight, this time, I'm, I'm the shepherd is going to be taken. God, what are you thinking? You establish the church by taking away the shepherd and scattering, scattering the sheep. Really? Kill, no, no, no. So we get all freaked out and panicked. Well, this can't be the will of God. What happened here? I must be out of the will of God, blah, blah, blah. You have to realize that when God makes a move, so does Satan. Satan is right before him and right behind him. They just kind of take turns every other time. A move, a move. God is just making a move here to establish you know, his new covenant. And Satan is making a move to take away the shepherd. Right, exactly. And and you read right in this intimate moment, basically in that culture, uh, when you sat down to eat with someone, not just in the Passover, but in, in a, for a meal, you were in agreement that uh, you are my friend and I will not hurt you. That, right. That was the, that was the conscious thing. When you that was ate, the covenant, when you yeah. Ate, you, uh, someone was kind of a, Sort of an unspoken uh, deal, uh, unspoken kind We're of. We're at peace. But then you've got You're the treachery going on, and then you had you'd go back before this. You had you know about a week before where Jesus came in, um, you know, riding on the donkey. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, some of his disciples were saying, "Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest." Yeah. And then that the treachery and Begins. The, the opposition to Increases. Jesus. I mean, it, it's 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 already been since the fall of Satan, the original sin, was the opposition mm-hmm. to Jesus well, we Christ. Just see. Opposition to mm-hmm. the one that was going to come in right. and crush the head mm-hmm. of the serpent. Mm-hmm. You know, try to destroy Moses who brought in, you know, was the kind of the mediator of the old old covenant. Tried to kill Jesus 
you know, as a baby. And then you have mostly um, religious leaders that are attacking him constantly. Well, we have every direction all the way through. And then you, 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 this is building now. The opposition to Jesus is building. His popularity is diminishing. One of his own is just ready to betray him. Looks, and yet, looks like everything's he, falling apart. It's like he and he is bringing in. He is not only bringing in, but he himself is is the is the fulfillment of the new covenant. He himself through mm-hmm. the blood, the blood that he would shed on the cross. So, um, so it's all crisis. Mm-hmm. It's all perfect storm. It's all back and forth between God and Satan, and it still is today. So you must not go with what it looks like. You must not, you know, focus on what the devil is doing. You must look at what the Lord is doing and and, and wait, just wait a second before you to- throw in the towel and freak out and give up and end your life and curse God and whatever you want to do before the devil gets you to make that final commitment to, to quit. Before you do that, shut your mouth and get on your face before God and say, one more time, Lord, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. God is doing something in your life. He's never not doing something in your life. The problem is we just happen to be looking too much at the wrong direction. Yep. You know, you can miss a lot of stuff if you're looking in the wrong direction. Yep, exactly. And, it's, and it says, you know, even if all, and then Peter said, after I've been raised, I will go before you into Galilee, verse 28 of Mark 14. And then Peter said, oh, even if all are made to stumble, I will not be. You can count on me, Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm faithful. I'm, and I believe he's sincere in this. Yes. He's not just mm-hmm. blowing smoke. He just believes. But he has no idea what he's up against. He, he doesn't have idea. So don't you think God knows what we're up against? And we say, oh, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll lay and up. God, I'll take up my cross Jesus and whatever it costs. Ahead of time, he said, he told Peter, he said, Peter, uh, Satan has desire to, to have, have you. you. They may sift you as wheat. Mm-hmm. But I have prayed for you that when you are converted, that you will strengthen your brethren, your brethren, and so, uh, and it's interesting, Margie, when you read in John thirteen thirty one through thirty eight about Jesus predicting Peter's denial, mm-hmm. and right after that, and verse thirty eight ends that chapter, and mm-hmm. then fourteen one, in which there's no, basically these chapters are artificial divisions in our right. scripture. Right. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Yes. You know, just read that. Yeah, it says here, um, okay, I'll read it. Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. So Peter's saying, I'll lay down my life, Jesus. Are you sure? And then the next verse, 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. For you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Well, that's a good comforting passage. He says, okay, you're going to deny me. And it's like, this is like the most shocking thing that could hit him. And then Jesus said, don't, but don't let your heart be troubled. Well, right. And that's the same for if us. If there's anything that would really trouble your heart, that would have troubled Peter's heart, and it did trouble his heart for a while, it was the, the fact that the thought, can you imagine that thought that was lingering? Well, can what you Jesus imagine? Said, okay. Jesus Just, said, I'm going to deny him. I'm his most, I'm his guy. I'm his leader, you know, second in command yeah, in a yeah. sense in this group. 
Mm-hmm. And he says, I- I'm going to, I mean, you, that must have been gnawing But here's the thing, here's something that Jesus knew that Peter didn't know that you and I don't know, is that without the Lord God and the power of his strength and enabling and Holy Spirit, there's no way we can follow Jesus. Even after you make a mm-hmm. verbal, heartfelt commitment, you have this knockdown, drag out, love you, Jesus feeling. There's no way we can make that commitment and keep it unless we are enabled, strengthened, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I don't think Peter realized that. He thought, this is just a matter of willpower. I'm just going to try really hard and stay really faithful. You know, that's the problem in the church. They think if we just have more self-control, more willpower, more determination, you know, more uh, accountability people around me, I can do this. No, you can't. There's not late, you know, people who said, oh, and those of you who've sinned and got really tangled up after you're saved in a big, messy, messy problem, or maybe it was a messy problem before you got saved. And now it got more messy after you got saved because it all came to roost. The chickens came home to roost and the thing came out, whatever. Know this, that you're not lost. God knows where you are, so you're not lost, but you are not going to get there using your own directions. You're going to have to surrender to God, give it up and say, Lord, I can't, I can't of my own self do nothing, just like Jesus did when he was um, uh, speaking in John chapter 4 and 5. Um, I can't of my own self do nothing. I, do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So there's a conversion, there's a, there's a denying of ourself, but there's also a death, you know. The best thing sometimes you can say to the Lord in the midst of your intense desire to follow him is, Lord, there's no way I can follow you. I want to follow you. There's no way I can fix this. Uh, it's not about, you know, I yes, I want to follow you, but you're going to have to make it happen. This is going to be your deal. You're going to have to work it out. Because if you, you and I, we do not understand the wiles of Satan. You don't. Peter didn't. He had no clue on what was being, uh, the sifting that was going to gonna happen to him. Some people I know are going through the such severe siftings right now that it's almost you wonder, look and say, are you going to live through this? Mm-hmm. Um, Seriously. But the thing is, God is, you as the watcher, say, you know what? I'm not going to panic over this. God has got this. He's good. He's going to finish the work he's begun in all of us. And so stay calm. You don't have to be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. The Bible actually says in the midst of this snake pit down here, this this firestorm, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There's a key. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind. So we look at the circumstances. We look at the impossible. We look at, I don't have enough money. This is never going to happen. This mountain is too big. Um, God has forsaken me. I'm, you know, we're always looking at our own resources and coming up short and being a, a freaked out. I don't have enough. I can't do this. Um, where is God? And then we get bitter at God. You know, if you stop looking at yourself and what you got and don't got and how you're going to do this and can't do this and just be obedient to what the Lord says, put one foot in front of the other, the, the Bible. Well, the proverb says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. It says the uh, the plans in a man's heart are from the Lord. Um, no, are, are from him, but the Lord directs his steps. That's Proverbs 16. Actually, that's where we're at today. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. We we think we got it all figured out. We got our five year plan. We got our, our this and our that, and we're gonna got our four hundred one k, and we got our 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 um what do they call those things? Uh, uh, financial planners, and we got all this junk, and we're gonna do all this stuff. Stop! Just stop it. It's not gonna work anyway. You can if it if if guy if the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Let the Lord build your house. And if you've been caught up in sin and junk, junk, do you want that? No. Did you want it? Maybe at the time for five seconds you thought you wanted it. You don't want it. That's good to know. Then who did want it? 
the enemy. He wanted to use it to destroy you. So if you don't want it and God doesn't want it, then you and God are in agreement. It's not your will. It's not his will. Then then it's, then it's how does the devil with one vote get to outvote you two with two votes? You let God win by casting your vote on on him. I cast my care upon you, Lord. This is your problem. You saw this from the foundation of the world. You know how the, t- the tangle would tighten and the net would, the snare would tighten around me. You know I can't get out of this. You know I'm not. Per- Peter didn't say anything. He says, oh, I can do this. You know, just watch me. Watch me. Watch me be strong and tough and, and courageous and admire me for And then Jesus says, nah. He says, you don't get it. All of you are going to be running away. Guess who ended up at the cross? A couple of ladies and John. Oh, what a sad thing. But the thing is, don't over, don't allow Satan to pressure you into being good. Please. You already are good. Just be what God created you to be. And he created you to love justice, truth, righteousness, mercy, goodness, forgiveness. Forgive yourself and get over yourself. You're not the big deal around here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, We're not the big deal Peter, around here. Peter realized But that. we are a big deal to Jesus. Peter realized that. And, and at the end. At the end. And, and there, after the resurrection, jumping way ahead. And I think we want to get, you know, there's another part, Lord willing, next week that we want to talk about is that what do you do when things really are stressful? Oh, super, would that be a good? Super stressful. When everything I already is, told you what to do. To Weren't you listening? Yeah, I was listening, but we got to, we got to talk more about it. We're okay. going to give all these steps, right? Oh, no. what, f- ten no. steps to peaceful. <laughs> ten no. steps to getting through your trial peacefully. No, not. I got okay. I got a simple but solution. We, we want to look at. Uh-huh. I think if we continue in this passage, we'll see some things that that Jesus did during his time in the garden, mm-hmm. in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. Just a, 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 the the stress leading up to, but yeah, the and the secret stress was of how he got through cross. it. Yeah. yeah, how how how, how did, did he get he get, through? How did he get through it? And how will you and I get through these? these well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for even today and this week for the times of intensification, where the battles and the personal struggles and the witchcraft and and everything is coming crazy undone and coming full force in our face. Lord God, we just raise up a shield, the standard mm-hmm. of the Lord. You said when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And for the people who are, are suffering today in whatever circumstances, whether it's relational or circumstantial or financial or or with accusations or witchcraft against them, they've been pounded, pounded, pounded into the ground by some demonic forces. We pray, oh God, that you'd give them new courage and strength, that you'd revive them, you'd resurrect them, you'd bring them back to life, Lord. It's not about us trying to live. It's about you bringing us back to life after we've been dead. It's resurrection, Lord God. It's not reviving, it's resurrecting. So, Father, we thank you for bringing that resurrection to your church, to your people. And remember, Lord, you said that your people would be volunteers willing in the day of your power. So we know the day of your power is coming. We see the volunteers are coming forward, and we call them forth in your name. Amen. Lord, I thank you, too, for those that are going through very difficult times right now where it just seems like there's treachery and things coming at them from so many different directions. I pray that they will look to you, they will trust you, and even though the enemy might seem like he's having the upper hand right now, you are in control, and we thank you for that. And may they see that, and may they worship you and trust you despite whatever's going on around them and in them. Because you are good and you're taking care of it. And you're bringing them into a place of of blessing and rest and encouragement and victory. The victory you've already won through your cross and resurrection. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Because there's a war for your soul.